started here. This is it. This is uh, episode 358 of No Laugh Track Podcast. I am here with one of my favorites, an old friend who hasn't been here in over two years, Tom Rose. Two years, I know. How uh, how are you? Uh, wow, never been better, man. Um, gosh, I've done so much. I Yeah, you know, <clears throat> in the two years since I've been here, I've been obsessed with making this new album. It's called Around the World. Yes. Uh, it's three hours long. It's 40 tracks. Oh, come on. It's like 257. It's not three. It's almost three hours. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it's 40 tracks, and I recorded it in 24 cities around the world. It starts in Paris, and it ends in Jerusalem, and it's all mostly jokes and stories about each place. So it's basically the um, fruits of me doing the uh, international circuits for 20 years. So I had this idea a couple years ago, and um, that and my Delta Diamond status um, kept me um, traveling all over the world. <clears throat> I w- and it cost me my marriage, but um, I, I'm very close. Um, I made it past the first round of voting for the Grammy Best Comedy Album of the Year, and uh, they give out the nominations next week, so hopefully... Um, It'll get nominated. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, no one's ever done anything like this before. There, No, no. I was going to say that. And there's, <clears throat> I don't believe Weird Al released an album this year. He always seems to win the comedy album Grammy. So. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's good. That's good. No Weird Al competition. Okay, that's good. Uh, you, so th- I've listened to the album all two hours and 57 or 58, almost three hours. It's awesome. It is like nothing anyone has ever done. I don't. I listened back to when you were here for episode two fifty four. Yeah, and you and it's kind of cool because you mentioned, well, you know, I'm going out on this tour, and you start mentioning the cities, and you're like Oslo, da 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 da, and you're naming these places. You're like, I've never been there, and now that's that it. Trip is is this album? Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it's well, so that's cool because cool I, I really made a, a, a you know, there's a lot of cities like Paris and Amsterdam and Dublin. Um, Hong Kong, Sydney, places that I've been playing for years that I I had developed material for. But then there were different places like Mongolia and Berlin and Oslo and Stockholm where I made it my writing project to write at least five minutes of material on each place. So I was, you know, I read Genghis Khan's biography before I went to Mongolia. I I was Googling all kinds of uh, interesting facts about different places you know, like in Sweden, it's illegal to give your child a stupid name, which is really funny to me as a visiting foreigner because all of their names sound kind of stupid. Right. I met a guy there named, his name was Thorbjorn. Uh, it's a common Swedish name, Thorbjorn. Is that, it a, means, is that a whole first name or first and last? First. Okay. It means Thunder Bear. Thunderbear is a hmm. common Swedish name. Hmm. Thorbjorn. Thunderbear uh, sounds like a uh, job you could have. In sounds the like a Saturday animated show I would watch. <laughs> yeah, it does. The Thunderbears. <laughs> family, Thunderbear family. Yes, that's cool that I was here in that pivotal, pivotal moment last time. Um, yeah, and... I mean, because I really became obsessed with the, making this album uh, over a couple-year period, and... Um, you know, it's interesting because you were just having an album drop like a week after you were here last. And yeah, and you- I recorded. Uh, uh, it was like two shows on that album. One was here at Acme, and the other one was at the San Francisco Punchline. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So the, it's, it's interesting that one was just about to come out, and then on your mind was this big 
two-year traveling around Europe, get all these shows. All over the world. All over the world. Yeah, pardon me. All over the world. I wrote down, so I could have it in front of me, like, what is Ulaanbaatar? Ulaanbaatar is the capital of Mongolia. And it's actually, in the history, actually changed locations like 26 times because the Mongols are nomadic people. And Mongolia is a really fascinating place. I Not many people ever get to go there. It's between China and Russia. It's not near, you know, I mean, it's out of the way. Yeah. You know, even if you're in, I, I've gone there, like, piggybacked it off of, like, Beijing gigs um, the two times that I did it. Uh, Beijing is a fascinating city. I love Beijing. Um, but Mongolia, I think the people are absolutely stunningly beautiful there. They all have really high cheekbones, and I think they look like the people in Avatar, but without the blue, <laughs> you know? And, okay. And they're really, uh, they're just, there's a great comedy club there. This young guy named Bata, um, his, he opened this comedy club, and it's a proper, like, 200-seat room. And it's kind of it's the it's the hot young person thing to do in Mongolia. It's always packed, and uh, they're great laughers, and <clears throat> they don't get many um, uh, foreign English speaking comedians go there. Yeah. I think I think I was the second, um, you know, person English speaker ever to play there. What uh, the comments from people that go to your shows? They must. Is there something that that uh, that is this is similar whether you're in uh, Bangkok or Shanghai or Zurich or are they just like completely re- different reactions everywhere. I mean, you, <clears throat> you have to modify it wherever you go. I mean, like people in Minnesota are different than people in um, you know Phoenix and New York is different, you know, than Seattle. So um, you know. There are things I do that are universally funny, but what I hear the most, um, people always enjoy that. Uh, like I've had people come up to me after the show here the last few nights, and uh, people have seen me several times, fans. And uh, some woman said last night, I just love you um, have so much knowledge in your show and, um, uh, you know, stories about different um, places in the world that you've gone to and mm-hmm. things. So. You, I, in my head, like categorization of different comedians and stuff. Yeah, you, that's part of how I see you. You're the travel guy. You're the knowledge guy. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, that's a good reputation. Okay. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I figured you would like that. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, <clears throat> I was more into. I mean, I, I always, I always drank heavily and thought, you know, that was part of being a comedian, just being the life of the party. And and when I was younger, um, you know, I, I. I I mean, I still, you know, do several dirty jokes, but I mean, before it was more, I I didn't care. Now that I'm older, I just want to pack as much intelligence and information uh, as I can into the show. I looked up uh, your album on uh, iTunes, or whatever they call it now, music, whatever they call it now, Apple Music, and uh, I noticed you have a clean version of it, too. I just put out a clean version, yeah. Um, The guy who is in charge of... Uh, the comedy for Sirius XM. I figured, yep. I, I've become friends with a guy, and um, last year he, he, he told me they needed clean material and um, encouraged me to put out a clean album. So I put out an album last year called Clean 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only 18 minutes long, and it was a great writing project <clears throat> to think of 
to just work on clean jokes and then think of old jokes of mine that were clean that I hadn't done in years. And I'm, I recorded it at the comedy store in, in La Jolla mm-hmm. near San Diego. And it's it's there. It's being played a lot on the the clean family channels on, on Sirius XM. Nice. <clears throat> so, you know, I had never thought even to try being clean. Uh, I mean, I just think you know, just write jokes. However, yeah. I've had the the luxury of being able to do whatever I want to do. Um, so when I put out the Around the World album, he heard it and he said, you know, this is this is a, a genius piece of work. Nobody's ever done anything like it. It's amazing the writing that you put into this. And uh, my suggestion is to you is to go through it and make a, a clean version of it so we can play it on the serious family thing. So I so I I put out a clean and it's really you know I love the regular version, but like the clean version really is tight. Yeah, I bet. Uh, like all, uh, it's just like it's the way it's edited. It really moves quick, and that the clean version is is one hour long. Yeah. So um, uh, I I just put out the clean version like a month ago. Very cool. But I never would have had these thoughts if I wasn't friends with this guy. Sure. And um, and I think it's it, it's genius. I mean, it's the way of uh, it's twenty nineteen comedy. It's how you got to get your stuff out there, right? Well, I mean, like, the, there's there's excellently written jokes. And, you know, why not let them, you know, like if I got a five-minute hunk on a city and there's only one kind of risque, dirty thing in it and I can cut out the dirty joke, but I still like the dirty joke. I want it on the regular album because right. that's the way I envisioned it. Yeah. But um, to to make a, a track tighter and shorter and it's just, you know, they've all got clean stuff on it. So, um yeah. So where are you in the process of doing uh working on new stuff? Um well, you know, I a friend of mine uh and thank God for the power of friendship. Um there's a guy he's an American comedian and he lives in London. His name is Reginald D Hunter and he's an old friend of mine. I I met him 20 years ago when I first started going to London. He's American, but nobody knows who he is in the States. He's massive in England. He does BBC specials, and then every year he does a theater tour. So October 2017, I did the Galway, Ireland Comedy Festival. Uh, He was with me. We were on a couple shows together. And he invited me to open for his UK tour. So May and June, I did this uh, beautiful theaters all over England, Ireland, and Scotland. And I recorded all of those shows. And um, and I, I worked on it kind of like I did with the Around the World album, but I'm I'm and it's great. It's so cold here. I've been sitting in my hotel room working on the edit notes, but I'm going to put out a another album um, by the end of the year or the beginning of next year. What? And it's just of 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 those uh, of the English tour, and I'm going to call it the Honky Motherland. Holy cow, Tom! Yeah, you're producing. I'm 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 writing my ass off. I've I've never been happier at the moment like a year ago i was having a my um marriage was ending my wife and i are still really good friends you are there was no infidelity there was no uh major crisis and we still love each other very much we just equally divided the money and she moved out at the beginning of the year but last year i was you know a little stressed um but uh I've, I've been having an amazingly creative period. Isn't it crazy how life <laughs> goes in waves? Because I, I mean, I will say that 
what you just said, you've said that before, like that you've never been happier, but it was on, you were married at that time. Like that was the that was yeah. part of being the happy the happiest you've ever been. Now that's gone and you're the happy. It's I'm a pretty happy guy. It's good. It's good, <laughs> Tom. That is a good thing. Um no, it's just great that you know, you don't need the gatekeepers of um networks or or whoever um you can make things on your own and 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 um being able to put out these albums, put out my own podcast, and um, it's just a great time right now to be a creative comedian. When I saw your, I think I saw it on Instagram, <coughs> your post about your marriage when it was ending, it was like, is it like I had? It was like a triple take, like for for real? Is this? Yeah, all my friends were like, "Oh my what? god, I didn't see that coming." Is well, this... and that's because you never. Uh, you only post the happy things of your life on social media. Of course. It's like, hey, would you mind if I film this argument for Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> she wants me to clean the toilet, everybody. I don't want to clean the toilet. I'm on the road all the time. Well, pay she, to have someone clean she the think toilet. I mumbled. She thinks I mumbled something from the other room. Hit record. <laughs> yeah. But, and we did a podcast. It was our last day together. She was She moved out the next day, and we sat down and recorded a, a podcast. I listened to it. Yeah. Yeah. That a lot of people heard that one. I would imagine so. I bet your numbers were uh, probably never been bigger, right? Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's, um, uh, things worked out. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Can I ask how, uh, you guys, you guys traveled together? Quite well, a bit. I was, she used to travel with me everywhere, yeah. and she's a photographer, so I would be going to cities looking for jokes, and she'd be looking for photos, and we, had, we were a great team for a really long time. And she's helped me with um, social media because she's a photographer and all these things. But a year ago, um, 2018, she decided she didn't want to travel anymore. Uh, So we were together for 10 years. We were married for seven. You know, I mean, eventually this way of life will break down even the most willing participant. Because she embraced the lifestyle. She loved traveling with me. She loved comedians. She loved hanging out. And then she just got tired of it. Which I can understand. Mm-hmm. So um, in that year of her not traveling with me, we just kind of um, grew apart, lost our connection. Okay. Or decided, you know, maybe we could try another way of living. Sure. So how is traveling by yourself again? <clears throat> oh, I mean, I'm – I. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like I did this UK tour for May and June, and then in July I did the Dublin, Ireland Comedy Festival. Went to Paris for five days on my way there just to eat – Fruit tarts at uh, Storer, my favorite patisserie on Rue Montegoy. And patisserie. Patisserie. And um, so, I mean, other than that, I've dialed back the international travel okay. this year and I've been focusing on the States. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. I'm spending uh, like about two weeks a month uh, on the road. Um, you know, I was in Seattle two weeks ago, I was in Portland before that. I just did like a Northwest swing. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I go to Atlanta, and then I've I've really been focusing uh, on Los Angeles and doing sets at the Comedy Store and the Improv because it's really the golden age of comedy. Um, and and then I I go to New York once a year. Well, I try and go at least one week or two weeks a year to do um, the Comedy Cellar. So I I was there in July. Yeah, I'm plotting my next visit. So I, I, I as great as it's been to be the international comedian and and play all these places it's really an exciting time in comedy in america i think because there's so much anxiety and fear and um uh, just 
people um, stressed out. Yeah. So it's uh, it's great. And then, you know, the comedy store in L.A. and the comedy cellar in New York, it's every night. It's just the best of the best of American comedy. So, um, you know, I'm, I feel privileged to to be on these lineups. You, uh, last time you were here, you uh, had a, some neighbors that were complaining about the noise you were making. <laughs> so you don't have that anymore. That pinhead. <laughs> oh, my God. What a, uh, what a moron. How did that end? <laughs> well, it, it was gone. I don't know where, where, what the story, where I, where, what stage I was in. Oh, okay. This guy kept complaining, and it's like, I, we didn't, my wife, we didn't, she didn't, we didn't wear shoes in the house. And um, this guy kept saying we were stomping around. Finally, we got – he came to my door with the doorman of the building. And and I'm with a high school friend of mine who's a, a – a, um, he's an elementary school principal. And his son is an actor and had moved to L.A. And so he and his son had come over and were sitting at my table. We were talking about theater because this guy likes to do theater. Uh-huh. And and they're like a really big theater family. We're sitting there having like coffee, talking about theater. And this guy comes to the door with the doorman. <clears throat> he's yelling. At, he starts yelling at me. And uh, I turn to the, the doorman and I go, why did you bring this aggressive man to my door? Yeah. And the dude starts going, why don't you? St-? He was he was from Virginia. So he had this really. Uh, he's like, why don't you step outside and we'll see what you want to do about it? Why don't you step outside and see what you want to do about it? And uh, the dude, you know, uh, I, I got two psychotic older brothers. I know that red haze look in someone's eye. And um, the dude took him away. And I, I got the management of the building the next day with all the maintenance people to come to both of our apartments and FaceTimed, you know, us walking across our apartment. And I, I told the man and I told the people, I, I, I pay an exorbitant amount of money for the rent. Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> I, I always hated Los Angeles. This is my third time living there. Uh-huh. So I thought if I was going to live back in L.A., I want to live in a really nice place I really enjoy. And um, I, I, I told the man what I pay for rent. And I said, the, the least I expect for that money is to be able to walk across my apartment barefooted. Yeah. Without being yelled at, uh-huh. and so <clears throat> they told him that the the building is structurally code from the state of California, oh and goodness. that there's not. The guy ended up moving out, but yeah. he was just. I think he drank too much, and I think he had um, oh. sexual dysfunction with his um, uh, incest survivor looking wife. Oh my goodness! Oh, no. I think there was some really weird oh, no. um, dichotomy going on. But, um, yeah, the, so that guy left, and I've never had a problem since. Um, I uh, Can I tell you the story about the hummingbird? Please. Okay, so um, I got these really – I live on I, – I, I got a really great apartment, and I got a, a balcony. Now? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's where I've lived. Well, it's I, the same place. Yeah, it's the same place. Oh, okay. Because uh, I didn't live anywhere for 10 years. Right. And I got like 4,000 books in my living room. And like two thousand vinyl records. It's it's the Rhodes Library, basically. But my wife moved out New Year's Eve, and January I spent alone in my apartment crying. It was a pretty rough month, mm-hmm. and I decided not to travel for January and July so I could be home. And then now I'm home by myself. And this year started really rough for me. And I've, there's these eucalyptus trees outside my balcony, and hummingbirds hang around. So. 
I had the door open, and this hummingbird got in my, in my apartment. And I got these 16-foot ceilings. There's this massive window above the, the door that goes on the balcony, and the hummingbird is just banging into the window. So I get up on a stool, and I get a broom, <clears throat> and uh, try to get him down. He's, he's fighting away from me, or she, or whatever. And I had to go somewhere for, to do a podcast or a meeting or something. <coughs> and I left the door open for, a, for like three hours, hoping it would find its way out. Come back, it's still in there. It's still banging its cute little face against the window. So I got this, I got this laundry bag that's like a mesh net bag. Yeah. It's like a beach bag type thing. And I got up on the stool. I got the, the broom. I get it down to the edge. I throw the, the, the little net over him. And then I gently got it out onto the balcony and I let it go. And then like um, a week later or two weeks later, I'm standing on my balcony having coffee. And this hummingbird pops up right in front of me, about five feet in front of me, and just staring straight into my face. It sat there for like a full minute. And then it shot off. Uh-huh. And I know it was that hummingbird coming back going, you know, I had time to think about what happened. <laughs> and I realized you were trying to help me out. <laughs> and I just wanted to come back and say thank you. So, because um, marijuana is legal in uh, California, I decided to, I, I, I grew a plant on my balcony earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was on the road a lot, and it was half brown, and it, it was a, an experiment that didn't work out. Yeah. So I've got a new girlfriend, and that's one reason I'm very happy. And she was visiting Excellent. me in Los Angeles, and um, <clears throat> the hummingbird appeared and hovered over, and it just stared at us, and it was there. So the next thing I did... I Googled what kind of plants attract hummingbirds. I got rid of the marijuana plant, and uh, I turned my balcony into a hummingbird garden. <laughs> so I got all like the, a I, sanctuary. It's great. I got these really. It's, I have a really big balcony, so I got all these different like kind of uh, like the fl- bushes that do these bell f- flowers yeah, that where they can hummingbirds their beak love into. to stick their beaks mm-hmm. in them. I got like two of those. There's a couple of um, other. Um, Varieties of of flowers. My 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 balcony is, uh, you know, forget weed. Go for go for the hummingbirds. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Is, did you get a green thumb from uh, somebody? Mom from or my dad? mom. Yeah. yeah. My mom. Uh, her backyard is. <clears throat> um, she's always been really into plants, and I, I love watching things grow. Yeah. I've. I, I really like. I like watering them. I like taking care of them. Uh, it's just I I I really love plants. Have you? Do you have an iPhone with a slow motion <clears throat> recording feature? Oh mm. uh, yeah, of course. Have you ever done that with the hummingbird? No. Wow, that's a good idea. You should do that. That's a good idea. Try to catch one with the slow mo thing, and then watch it back, and you can see how cool. their how much their wings are actually moving. It's amazing. I have a navel orange tree on my balcony, and I have a peach tree, and then there's these jacaranda trees all over Los Angeles that give these purple flowers. Okay, their leaves are like purple. They're beautiful, and when then they fall, there's purple leaves all over uh, petals all over the streets of Los Angeles. I have one of those growing on my balcony with all these bushes for hummingbirds. Nice. Yeah. Do you you meditate? I tried it, but um, I, until I can control my giggle fits, I don't think... What? Uh, what do you mean? I'm kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I tried it a few years ago. My wife wanted to try it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was okay. Clear your head. Yeah. Picture the thoughts are like cars on a highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just thinking uh, out there on your <laughs> your butterfly. I mean the uh, hummingbird gazebo, and <laughs> probably be very peaceful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. I'm always thinking about things, so yeah, it's yeah. hard to meditate. Hard, oh, you don't turn. Yeah, can't. It's hard to turn the brain off. Mm-hmm. More like that. Do you have trouble falling asleep at night because of that, or no? No, no, and my um, girlfriend turned me on to melatonin. Have you ever? I'm familiar, never. I I fall asleep, no problem. I've known it at Walgreens. They're like these little gummy bear things, and you eat one before you go to bed, and you sleep deeply. My God, I just like a month ago. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any problems. No side effects from that? You don't sleep too long? Yeah. Yeah. Now, because on long flights, I used to take Advil PM. <clears throat> like, one of those would knock me out. And people would always tell me, oh, you should try melatonin. It's the natural ingredient that's in the Advil PM that knocks you out. Sure. Uh, I just thought of something I wanted to ask you about from la- our last conversation. And this is one of those things where when I'm following up on something, I don't – You have since you haven't mentioned it yet, I'm not sure where it went. But I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> Book. You were writing a book. Oh, yeah, great. Um, well, where is it? Are you still working on it? Is it finished? Well, the, <clears throat> I was working on a, 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 a story about my, my life. I had been working on that book for, for years, and then I just couldn't find the right way to end it. So, you, do you re- so this is what I said the last any time? memories? Because I, cause, well, the last thing we talked about is I was like, all right, how is it you're writing a book about yourself? How do you know what to write for the ending? Yeah, that's, and you meant, that's you, the problem. And you answered it, and then like 10 minutes later, you you even kind of changed your answer. Because you're like, you know, now that I've thought about it more, it's a really good question, and I'm not sure. And that was the uh, penultimate problem no with, with the project. So this album, Around the World... Um, gave me the idea to just write about my relationship with different cities. Uh, the first love of my life was from Paris. I yes. have an old relationship with Paris. I had a late-night talk show in Amsterdam. Uh, I almost drowned in Thailand. <clears throat> um, so using that concept, I've been banging through it. And I've finished um, eight cities so far. And then now once I I, I just finished... Cambodia, um, Shanghai and Cambodia, and I need to finish Porto, Portugal. And then I took my mother to Israel. <clears throat> I did a tour of Israel in dis- last December. Um, and so um, I need to write about taking my mom to Israel, and then I'm going to present it to publishers. So it, it's um, this book is almost finished, and the next time I see you, I hope to put a copy in your hand. Okay. Yeah. Great. So yeah, th- with this idea, it's it's been a breeze. But before, I just you know, and then different things have popped up. Uh, like I wrote about Vietnam, and um, and then in that story <clears throat> is the relationship with my father, who's the reason I'm a comedian. And my father flew helicopters in Vietnam. So um, it's interesting how things from the original book have popped up in different form in my relationship to different cities around the world. Interesting. I, was it hard to, to <clears throat> move on from the way? I mean, I remember you saying, like, you were like, I'm, I'm almost done. So now that you've changed it, was that, was that hard? No. No? And, I mean, I still got all that stuff to use um, in one way or another. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, it'll, it'll still be – it'll pop up somewhere. Okay. <clears throat> Okay. Hey, I, uh, so the last time I saw you, I made a we did a family vacation to 
your uh, where you grew up, Orlando, Florida. What'd you think? <laughs> I hadn't been there since seventh grade, so quite a bit of time from kid to adult. Okay, where did you stay? We stayed. We did an Airbnb. Okay, good. In, you didn't uh, stay on International Drive. No, we stayed in. Stay uh, away from International Kissimmee, Drive. in a, an Airbnb. And they used to pronounce it Kissimmee. Kissimmee. When I was growing up. Okay. Yeah. Then they decided they didn't want to be a novelty. They wanted to be more uh, adult-like and change it to Kissimmee. Um, okay, and that's not far from that's not far from Disney World, so that was good. No, and uh, we never actually went to Disney. We did uh, Universal. Cool. For, for three days. Better rides. Yeah, it was great. Far better rides. Uh, comedy friend. <clears throat> Chad Daniels was performing at the uh, Improv at Orlando that Love week. Chad so we went and saw Chad. Great. Yeah, it was it was great. One of my highlights. And that club is on International Drive. That's that's I love that Orlando Improv. I'm there the week before Christmas. I always play the club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I came back and one of the things that stood out to me about that place is that unlike Acme, people uh eat during the shows. And it was hard for me to like I was really hungry <clears throat> and the menu looked really you know, stuff on this menu looked really good. I'm like, I don't I don't want to eat during the show. It's not something I do. They I did. A, they have a good menu, but <clears throat> let me say this about Acme Comedy Company. Um, one of the best BLT sandwiches on mm-hmm. the planet Earth. I just, they use thick bacon. I was just going to say, you better say thick bacon because it absolutely is And tough. it makes the whole sandwich. <laughs> I, I I love the BLT sandwich. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Um, so if, if I was a local, I'd be eating BLTs and watching comedy. Yeah, I love coming here for lunch before uh, we do the podcast. Uh, so in Orlando, one of the, my favorite things besides doing the um, Universal Studios stuff with the kids and everything is we went to uh, Gatorland. Dude, I was going to ask you because most people don't get to Gatorland. Yeah, it's and been there a long it's time. A lo- it's an old place. It's been there a long time, but uh, it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. And Were you going as a kid? I went there as a kid, and I, st- I, st- I, la- I went like two years ago. You did. Uh, I go... Yeah, I, you know, I, it's it's that's a place I highly recommend. Look at it, I, people. I, I love. We're doing video here. I think people see how you just lit up when I when we brought up. I, I I'm a big fan of Gator. It is so fun. If I lived yeah. like I, if I lived anywhere near there, I would have the season pass. No doubt, I would have a season pass. There's a guy who, you know, there's murals everywhere in there, and he there's a guy who uh, paints the murals there, and he's a fan of mine. Follows me on Instagram. And he invited me, um, I, so I, I, from years of going there growing up, when I went two years ago, I got a private uh, tour from, from the mural guy, and yeah. I br- brought my mom, <clears throat> and I don't know if you saw the albino alligator. Of course. So, so the guy takes me into the cage with the albino alligator, Yeah. and he's like, come here, I'll take your picture, and I, I'm my... My my sphincter is as tight as it could be. I'm yeah. I'm about to shit in my pants out of fear. And he goes, no, no, it's docile because it's, you know, they kind of um, keep it. You know, uh, I, I I forget what whatever reason it was drowsy, and it was sitting there. But it's absolutely terrifying to be that close to. Oh yeah, such a ferocious animal, you know. And I mean, I of course you want the Instagram picture, but. You also want to keep your legs. <laughs> Absolutely. <You know? laughs> we did not get a chance to go. It was a last minute. Like, I wanted to go all week that we were in Florida. It was a last minute thing, and we ended up going. Yeah, and the entrance is the Gator's Mouth. mouth I mean, just for, that, just for that it's photo. Wonderful. So that I photo alone. I didn't get to go during the day. So I didn't get to see. It looks amazing. Like, what they do during the day looks amazing. But we went at night and did the feed 
where you get to feed the alligators. Wow. You throw these little pellets that kind of look like charcoal briquettes, basically. Nice. And uh, there, there was a group of like 20 people, and he shows us all around the place. And then when you get by the lakes where the gators are, they, you get a bucket. You just get to grab as many of these things. and t- I mean, there are hundreds swarming you on this dock. and Oh, I've, it was such, so much fun. So much fun. I can't remember. That's the point of this podcast is to tell people to go to Gatorland. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and um, New Smyrna Beach is the beach that I grew up going to, and you can drive on it. Okay. It's um, a little south of Daytona, which you can also drive on. But New Smyrna is nicer. We drove to Cocoa Beach. the shark attack capital of the world. Oh, yeah. hey, there we go. So. We drove to Cocoa Beach. and uh, I'm a big fan of Cocoa. Yeah. It was a little windy, so it wasn't the best day. But, Did uh, you, okay, we, that's too bad. Yeah. Because at Cocoa Beach, you can rent the 1920s-type wooden beach chairs and, a, and an umbrella. We, we and did that. And it's actually a great place. Well, it used to be when the space shuttle would go up, Cocoa Beach is, like, one of the best places to go. You, you know, you rent yeah. little beach chairs and bring a cooler and sit there and watch people be shot into outer space. Do you have a special love of... NASA and space because of yeah because I grew up, up yeah they would let our like in, in middle school and in high school whenever there was a space shuttle launch they would let us out on the lawn to see you live in the, the air. whole school would get out it's like a nice unique thing about you know they taught us boat safety uh, in school but they would let our the whole school would go out and we'd sit on the grass and then you'd watch the space shuttle go up so I was obsessed with the space program. <clears throat> and I remember when it was like the first woman in space and the first, you know, Dutchman in space uh, who was Wubu Okels. What? And when I had my late night talk show in Amsterdam, um, that's like one of the guys I requested to be a guest. And I had Wubu Okels on my what? Amsterdam late night talk show. And I told him, dude, I was like, I remember being like 12 or 13. Watching you being shot into space, yeah, and uh, it was, and he was a really, I made friends with him. He died of cancer like a year ago, <clears throat> or two years ago, but he was obsessed with making solar powered vehicles. A guy, he was a scientist, mm-hmm. super smart guy. So there was some like solar automobile race all over the world, and he asked me. He drove some solar car around the world, and he asked me to host um, its return to. Leiden University. Hmm. So I had a little, you know, microphone, and they're outside. Some actually, they got pulled over by the police. The, the car had gone all the way around the world, and two miles from the finish. Oh, isn't that how it they is? They get pulled over by a, yeah, yeah. a Dutch cop that wanted to see the um, the papers. <laughs> so isn't that how it is? I'll tell you about one other <laughs> thing we did in Orlando. It was the uh, we got to see the Orlando Apollos play football. Do you know who no, that is? I never heard of that. That was the very short-lived uh, American football, AAF or something. Whatever that football – they had a football league that lasted like six weeks last spring. Oh, wow. And Orlando had a team. They played at uh, UCF. And we went okay. to a game and uh, – UCF's got a – it's the biggest university. That's where I grew up in Oviedo is, is very close to UCF. It's the biggest university in Florida now. Oh. And uh, they have a really nice football stadium. It was. It was very <laughs> nice. Uh, so we went and saw a game there, and then like four weeks later, the league ran out of money and folded. <laughs> wow. I really like that they have a soccer team, the um, Orlando, City. Orlando City. Yeah. And the color's purple and the symbol's a lion. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. You're, uh, you're a big soccer fan. Big general, soccer right? fan. I think we've talked about yeah, that Yeah, and before. so it really, like, um, I really had wanted them to get a, a baseball team and you know, or, or some kind of team growing up. They got... 
I'm not a big basketball fan, but okay, they got the magic. And then the Jaguars went to Jacksonville and Tampa got the baseball team. Um, I, I think it's, uh, it's a great thing for the city of Orlando because a lot of international people live there. Uh, a lot of South Americans, Central Americans, Caribbean people. Uh, Tom Rhodes grew up there. <laughs> and um, soccer's the world game. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for the city of Orlando to have a really badass, cool sports team. Because, like, my heart isn't in basketball, you know? No. But um, I, I love soccer. So you go to MLS games? I, I, I saw um I saw Orlando City play a couple years ago. Um I was just in Portland. I think they're they're they they got a really great mascot. His name is Timber Joey. Yeah. He's a lumberjack. Uh-huh. And when uh the uh when Portland scores, Timber Joey comes out cuts a log. He cuts a log yeah. uh with a chainsaw, just a slice off of it. And it's actually a brilliant strategy because um, some of the particles from the sawdust could get into the opponent's eyes, <laughs> and um, it's pretty genius. I like it. But yeah, I saw I saw Arsenal play Liverpool in England two years ago. I've seen matches in Argentina and Holland, in Spain. That is the uh, the timing of this of your trip right now to Minnesota. You're missing twin season done. We have a soccer team now. They Twins made the playoffs all year. done. Mm. Oh yeah, Twins had a great year until the playoffs started. Yeah, you and I always talk about going to a Twins game. You got to book a. Come, I would love to come June next year. Is what I'm okay. saying. All right, I'll talk to Lewis. <laughs> get, it, get it back to June. Uh, June, I'm going to Amsterdam and Paris, putting the um, and Switzerland. I'm putting that together right now. But uh, I'll try and maybe April. That's good. Well, I came one April and I was there. We saw I saw the Twins play in snow. It was like 30 degrees. It was brutal. Everybody can had be. parkas out there. This yeah. is like five years ago. Yeah. It was it was brutal. Yeah. Like this week really surprised me. that It was 19 degrees last night when I walked back to the hotel. I'm in denial. I'm, I'm in complete denial. First of week it. of November, 19 degrees? I know. Wow. I know. I live here. I don't. <laughs> Family keeps me here. Otherwise, I'd be gone, I think. Yeah. The weather's. I think it's worth it. It's getting old. I No, I, I love it. Um. There's at least one more thing I want to ask you about. Uh, How about two? Okay, two. The one I know about for sure. On Amazon Prime right now, they have old episodes of Evening at the Improv. Wow, no kidding. You did not know that? No, I did not. Okay. How many episodes do you remember doing? Because you are definitely on at least one. I did one. Mm -hmm. Um, It was one of my first television uh, appearances. That's why whenever I play the improv, I always kind of remember that feeling of being... It was a like it was a big deal to do evening at the improv. Yeah, and I remember uh, I met Drew Carey. Um, yeah, I did it with Drew Carey, and I've been friends with Drew forever. I actually went to. Uh, here's a nice story. So, I, Drew is such a great guy, and I'm still friends with him. I don't see him all the time, but once in a while he invites me to his house for a party, and it was about two months ago he invites me to his house for a party. And I was talking to him, and I said, you know, I'd really, I'd love to go to a Price is Right taping and sit into the audience. I mean, we all grew up watching Price is Right. Yeah. Okay. So he sets me up. I get there early. I get to go backstage. He had a woman, um, the woman who does the sound effects on the show, met me, and I got to sit with her until right before they let the audience in. And she took me out to my seat. And I'm on the aisle. 
And uh, what I discovered at the Price is Right taping was utopia. The country's divided. The world's divided. There's, like, so much uh, just frustration and hate and anger and ugliness in the world. And what I found at the Price is Right was was the perfect human utopia. I love it. Because everybody loves money. Uh-huh. And they're giving away money. It was complete racial harmony. Uh Whenever everybody was cheering for everybody, even if somebody lost, everybody was on their side. Mm-hmm. And on on my completely to my left, across the aisle, was this first row on this left section, um, left side section, where when somebody played a game and was just on the stage, they, afterwards they would bring them over and sit them on this thing. So, oh, and there's like a DJ playing music, and it's all like great. Happy dance music, you know, James Brown and Otis Redding and Kanye and just like the best, happiest dance music. So uh, this, um, th- this this black woman was maybe 350, 400 pounds, and she had just won $10,000, and her name was Sharon. And she, they, she just wins $10,000. They bring her over to this side section. So she's sitting directly to my left. And they go to a commercial break, and the DJ plays that dance song, Everybody Dance Now. Mm-hmm. And Sharon mm-hmm. jumps up, and mm-hmm. she started dancing like somebody who had just won $10,000. And everybody in the audience starts going, Go, Sharon. Go, Sharon. Yeah. Go, Sharon. <laughs> it was like such a happy environment. I, I want to go again. I mean, everybody loved everybody. Everybody was happy for, for everyone. And, uh, you know... It, when someone lost, it, the the people were very caring and consoling. It was just, it was just absolutely beautiful. Was it just recording? So the answer to um, our political problems is to give away lots of money <laughs> <laughs> and bright colors. <clears throat> yeah, and a, you know, a dishwasher and a new car once in a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ant killer from <laughs> always the most random products. Um, was it just one show taping that you yeah. saw? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Did you have a chance? You know, it's funny. I've been to <clears throat> the Bill Maher um, real-time taping six times, and I didn't realize it until I went to The Price is Right. Bill Maher's real-time is done in the it's same the studio same as The Price is Right. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> it is. And when they do the Bill Maher show, they push all the, the games and The Price is Right stuff in the, uh, in the hallway – no kidding. Yeah, because it's an old building, the CBS television. Okay. So there's like one area where they got all the, you know, there'll be like a tarp over the mountain climber game. And yeah, yeah. hey, there's the big wheel, uh-huh. the big money wheel. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. No touching. No touching the big wheel. Yeah. So um, at the Bill Maher taping, nobody's clapping for Sharon. Ah, uh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> it's all... Uh, uh, wait a minute, are you using that on stage? No, <laughs> I should, right? <laughs> well, then that joke was born here on this podcast. Oh, that was fantastic. Go Sharon, go Sharon. <laughs> oh, that, that that was perfect, Tom. That was absolutely perfect. Um, I just saw, uh, I follow mm-hmm. Doug Benson on Instagram. He just posted a thing the other day, sitting in the audience... Uh, people were watching, and they're like, hey, wait a minute. And they were posting pictures. Doug Benson, were you in the audience at Price is Right today? Oh, you're kidding me. And he was <clears throat> in oh. an aisle seat. Okay. I'm wondering if there's an aisle seat that's I'm sure he was in reserved. the same seat I was. If I, you're a friend of Drew's, that's I, like the, the good you know viewing seat they give you. Yeah, now I want to. And I knew I wasn't going to get picked. I was just there to observe it. Okay. 
So it's about, you know, you're about like five, six rows back from the front. Now, I've heard, because I, I remember <clears throat> asking years ago, I knew someone who went out there with her grandmother to try to get on the show. And they were saying that a lot of it is like uh, they wait outside. Uh, you know, did you witness pla- any of that? <clears throat> people plan vacations around yeah. it. And then uh, right next to the CBS is the farmer's market where there's all these different food stalls from around the world in the Grove. And you always see people walking around the neighborhood and at the farmer's market, and they still got their prices right now. Oh, sure, yeah. Or, like, T-shirts that they had made their Bob Barker shirt, the Drew Carey shirt. Yeah. You know. uh, Spay or neuter. Hamilton, Minnesota loves Drew Carey. Whatever. Yep, yep. Um, So, yeah, you always see the prices right contestants walking around the neighborhood. It's a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, Daytime television is pretty much the worst entertainment, except prices right. Price is Right was always the thing, like, when you were sick and you couldn't go to school. Mm-hmm. It was like you always watched Price is Right. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Eating some chicken noodle soup. Re- uh, Beverly Hillbillies reruns. It makes me think of that as well. Being Classic. sick at school. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, absolutely. The cement, cement pond. Yeah, the cement pond. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Griffith. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? I'm looking at my notes here. You're still doing your podcast. It's going strong, right? Still doing my podcast. I just listened to one, so Tom I know Rose what it Radio is. Radio Smart Camp. Yeah. I, I did um, <clears throat> three episodes on Lord Byron. Uh, I did uh, three episodes on the French Revolution. I did one on Voltaire, one on Seneca. Um, it's like whatever I'm into and reading. What What books are you traveling with right now? Um, I'm actually reading a, a, a book called Orlando by Virginia Woolf, uh, okay. b- because my new girlfriend, it was one of her favorite books, uh, when she was a young teen and I, you know, I, the name Virginia Woolf, I only knew from the movie with Elizabeth Taylor called Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. That's what I was so, just going to say. So because of that movie title, I always thought, oh, well, Virginia Woolf must, must have been like a mean, nasty person. <clears throat> Virginia Woolf is such an excellent writer, and the book Orlando is so excellently written. And it's just, it's it, 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 he's this guy, and um, and then he morphs into a woman. He's like it's just very interesting. Uh, it's it's hard to describe this book, but it's uh, I mean it's it's kind of a young adult book, but it came out in like nineteen twenty seven. Yeah. And it surprises me that Virginia Woolf isn't hailed as more of an excellent writer because there's she, she like, you know, she'll string together a pearl of words and sentences that are absolutely beautiful. Uh, was there an odd moment when you found out that this was one of uh, your girlfriend's favorite books and it's called Orlando, the city that you're from? Well, and then, <clears throat> well, her <laughs> That's an uh, interesting she, coincidence. Um, my girlfriend is from Toronto, and she. She really loves Disney, and her parents took her to Orlando when she was uh, a girl. And um, when she, when sometimes when she'd have a hard time sleeping, her mother would tell her, uh, close your eyes, honey, and, and dream of driving to Orlando because they would drive to Orlando from Toronto. Jeez. So um, it's, she, she finds it no coincidence. That oh, wow. The man she loves is from the place she loves. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Wait till I take her to Gatorland. <laughs> Wait till we're chucking meat pelts. <clears throat> uh, I want you, when you get to, next time you get to Gatorland, do not miss taking a picture. I want to see everything. 
I want to see pictures of you everywhere. I, well, I mean, if you, spin, if you scroll back on my Instagram, you'll see tons of pictures. You'll see me with that, um, with that albino alligator. And I'm, I'm like kneeling down, like just two feet in front of its mouth. And I, awesome. I, I took that shot and got out of it. So I, I posted a lot of pictures at Gatorland from – so that's like two years ago. Yeah. I'm you know, I mean, if you scroll back on my Instagram, you can see, you know, me in Israel. Oh, at, I know. At the Wailing Wall. Yeah. Uh, in Paris. Uh, Vietnam. I had a motorcycle accident in Vietnam uh, April 2018. And the guy who puts on the comedy shows in Hanoi – also gives motorcycle tours of the north of Vietnam. I've been afraid of motorcycles my whole life, and it was a big fear thing I wanted to, to, to break through for myself. Um, we were 45 miles north of Hanoi going up this mountain, and um, he started filming me 30 seconds before I crashed. He got behind me, and I got too close to the edge, and it was really dusty, and the, the bike just went out from under me, and uh, my head hit the street, but I was wearing a helmet. Good. And nice. I only, like, skinned up my elbow. And um, it's all on film. Yeah, I, yeah. This is, I remember this now. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, there's Mongolia. There's, there's me. I stayed in a gur. There's one of those round white tents. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you scroll back on my Instagram, you can see me all over the world. No, I've said it before. You're a good follow on uh, social media for that stuff. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. You see everything. You see everything that I don't, which is plenty. <laughs> uh, this has been great. Tom, I expect to see you again uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't stay away this long. I'd love to come back next year, and it'd be great to be here during the Twins. And it looks like when people come to your shows this week at Acme, they uh, can buy a pass to get uh, your yeah, latest album? Yeah, that's the digital download. Digital <clears throat> download? I, I hate selling things, and I never sell anything. The only time I ever sell anything is um, after I come out with a new album. Uh, so I mean, it's uh, you know, it's only I'm selling it for ten. It costs more on iTunes. It's like fifteen. Um, so I mean, basically, I just want people to have it. I'm not trying to make money out yeah. of it. And I only I I uh, whenever I make an album, I print it up a thousand, and then once I get rid of those, I will not sell anymore or make okay. anymore. You know. But um, uh, the main thing I'm I'm hoping is that it gets nominated for the Grammy. That would that hopefully the next time I see you. Hell. Yes. Yeah. I, you know what I want to see is the unboxing. When Weird Al, bring it back to Weird <clears throat> Al, when he got a Grammy for a comedy album a few years ago, he posted the video. They, uh, you know, people do unboxing videos. I want. What see, is that? When you open just, something? Yeah, like he got it in the mail. Oh. And it's like, <clears throat> all right, everybody, you're going to see it for the first time just like I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see the so unboxing. So they mail you the Grammy? They, uh-huh. what, what, what you get handed is not the thing you take home? That's what I gathered from the oh, end. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, that one doesn't have your name on it. Then they then they send you the one with your name on it okay. later. Okay. Yeah, so Un- be ready for that when you win, Todd. You might, you get a, you might just leave with a you know a replica and not the real thing. Well, I I I think if I win it, I might make a necklace out of it. <laughs> Damn right. You know, if Flavor Flav uh-huh. could walk around with a big clock. Why can't I walk around with a Grammy? What up, Grammy? Oh, my neck, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank you, my brother. Long may you run.